In this episode, we talk about the career advice you probably haven't heard before, but should definitely be keeping in mind. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps. Big changes. Big changes. Big changes. Welcome to another episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and in this episode, we are talking about your career. More specifically, I want to talk about career advice that once I sort of realized has helped me in thinking about my days and getting more out of the work that I'm doing, as well as in impressing bosses that I've had and uh, different teams that I've worked with and clients and so on and so forth. But it's something that I didn't quite realize until I started my own business. Uh, It's one of those things that you really only learn because somebody tells you or because you experience it firsthand. Because unfortunately, our world is not really structured to teach you this, even though it is massively important. So you're going to want to stick around until the end of this episode to make sure that you fully understand it and can start implementing it in your own career. So what is this advice? Well, there's a couple and I'm going to go through them. Uh, And I also have some articles linked up in the description of this episode that I think will help you in thinking about your career and how to build it. But the big one, the one that I think everyone needs to understand. And if there was ever any reason for people to go off on their own and start their own business, even if they're not entrepreneurs and they're not interested is so they can learn this lesson. The big one is this, doing your job well is not enough. Ultimately, that's actually not even that important. Doing your job well is not enough and it does not truly matter. What matters are the results that you generate. Because here's the thing, unless you are in a job that is basically just glorified babysitting, they don't actually care what it is you're doing. They care what result you're getting now. They might measure what you're doing. You know, you might be measured by your hours spent at work or what time you're showing up, what time you're leaving. Like there's a lot of metrics that they're looking at, but what they actually care about is the result. They're just looking at the metrics as a shortcut to telling them, is this person on track to get that result or not? Now, this is a distinction because We've all sort of been taught, at least here in the U.S., through the schooling system, through college, through our first jobs out of college, uh, we've all sort of been taught that what matters is sitting at the desk, right? Showing up every day, being on time, uh, getting things done and responding to people quickly and uh, being there for eight hours, nine hours, 10 hours, whatever your workday is, right? It's the metric we've been taught is important is the stuff they're measuring, which is how long was I here for? How long was I working? So on and so forth, right? But there have been many studies to show that most of us, especially in office job environments, We are there for, let's say, eight hours, but we're actually only getting two hours worth of quality work done. Why is that distinction there? Well, it's because the workday isn't really designed for productivity. It's designed for the metrics that jobs are measuring, which is how long was this person here for? Even though what they care about 
are the results that they hired you to get. Because at the end of the day, if you could theoretically, and this is purely a thought experiment here, but if you could theoretically go to your boss and say, hey, look, I can get you three times as many results, three times as many clients, three times as many projects done faster, whatever your job is, right? I can get you that result to a factor of three, three X, if you let me work four hours a day instead of eight. Now, they likely wouldn't believe you, and that's why they wouldn't say yes to that. But if you could somehow prove it, they would do it in a heartbeat. Why? Because they care about the result, not the metric, not the thing they are measuring, which is a mistake on their part. They are measuring the how long you're there and how many hours you're spending in the building rather than measuring what are the results this person is getting. And they do that because it's a shortcut. They can use that to figure out, okay, well, if this person's here for eight hours a day and they're doing spending three weeks on that, they should have gotten this many results. And now they can say, hey, you're screwing up, right? But ultimately, the result is what truly matters. So when we get back, we're going to dive into some of the others, but I really want this to sink in. What matters in your career are the results that you drive. If you can drive results, nothing else matters. Everything that they're measuring, everything they're looking at in a traditional job is just a shortcut for them to be able to forecast out whether or not you'll hit that target. So stick around through the break. Good habits and bad habits. We all have them. But did you know that almost half of the things we do every day, we do without thinking, eating and exercising, of course, but also complex things like how we behave in a meeting, what we buy, or how we talk to our families. We do them automatically, just by habit. This is something I've talked about on this show so many times. It's all about what's going on in the unconscious, right? We're just sort of unconsciously acting. We do the same things or we act on impulse and we don't even know why we did it. We're not even necessarily aware that we did it. Yet for some reason, whenever we want to change something about ourselves, we rely on willpower. And then when that doesn't work, we think we just don't have enough or we think we're not good enough. But the truth is that we're going about it all wrong. It's not about resilience. It's about understanding how our mind actually works. Unlock the secrets of the habitual mind. Read the book, Good Habits, Bad Habits, The Science of Making Positive Changes That Stick. In the book, author Wendy Wood draws on three decades of original research to explain the fascinating science behind how we form habits, how our brains are wired to respond to rewards, take cues from our surroundings, and how we can take advantage of this knowledge to make real change happen. Good Habits, Bad Habits by Wendy Wood. Read the book and start changing your life for the better today. I learned this lesson somewhat recently when I first sort of went off on my own and started working for myself because I had grown up similar to you in this environment of focusing on the metrics, right? I call this quote unquote ass in chair time, right? So I was constantly stressed out about my ass in chair time. Like, was I sitting at my desk for the eight hours, nine hours, 10 hours, 15 hours, whatever it is, right? That's what I was worried about was like, oh, I I don't feel like I'm working hard enough because I'm not there for 10 hours or 15 hours a day, whatever it is. 
But in truth and in fact, ultimately, the result is what actually matters. My The number of hours I spend does not matter, even a little bit. If I could get the same result in 30 minutes as what it would take someone else eight hours, that value is still worth the same, right? The outcome of that is still worth the same. The result is still worth the same. So it's not about the time I spend. It's about the quality of work I put in and the result that comes from that. And once I finally made that switch, I started to recognize, okay, This is why you hire people. This is why you leverage other people's time. This is why you outsource things because you don't have enough time in the day to do all of the things required to run a business. And once I started to realize this, once I started to understand this, I was able to remove that guilt. I was able to remove that those feelings of not working hard enough, even though I was getting the results that I was aiming for. So remember that in your own career because it is massively important. Now, the second one, and this I'm pulling from an article on Inc.com. The advice here is to not hide your failure. So you've probably gotten that question in an interview of, hey, what's your biggest failure? What's your biggest? Tell me about a time when you tried something and it didn't work out. How did you handle it? Right. And we often try to, I think like old age advice is like, oh, spin that on its head. Like, oh, my biggest weakness is that I work too hard or whatever nonsense we're trying to tell them. Now, first of all, everyone knows what that is. Right. Don't don't even bother with the whole like positive spin on it. What this article is suggesting is that it's actually better. And I agree with this. It's better to own your failures because everyone is going to fail. You are going to fail a trillion and a half times after you get this job. You are. And they know that they expect that. But by owning your failures, instead of hiding them, you are communicating that you are willing to take risk. You're communicating to them that you are willing to try new things and see whether or not it works. And Any business worth their salt recognizes that in big risk is where big reward comes from. So having people that are able to think outside the box, able to try new things, able to look at the mold and say, hey, why don't we try this way instead? They recognize that as valuable. They recognize that as something that will help them along the way because they've got the system built to keep you in check, meaning They're not going to allow you to waste a crap ton of their money on some silly idea, but they do need a little bit of edginess to keep them moving forward, to keep them experimenting and innovating and finding new ways of doing things and uh, staying ahead of their competition. They need that. So that is a strength to them. And by owning your failures, you're not only showing that, hey, I took these risks in the past and showing that you have a track record of taking risks. You're also communicating that you're not afraid of those risks. You're not afraid of failure and you don't view failure as a bad thing. So those are the two pieces of advice that I would recommend. If you are in a career change right now or you're just in a a job that you love and you're trying to find different ways to think about your career, there's two important shifts that you need to make. Number one is understanding that how long you work is not actually what's important. How good you are at your job as it's laid out is not actually what's important. What's important are the results you get. 
Now, being good at your job obviously facilitates getting results. Working late, working hard, working long hours facilitates getting results. So those things matter, but they are not the end result and you should not confuse them with the end result. If, it, if you can find a way to do something in 30 minutes instead of three hours, that's always better. Even if you are getting paid hourly, even if you are getting measured in that hourly uh, uh, environment. And the second thing is that you should embrace your failures because failures show a company that you're willing to take risk and that you are aware that everyone fails, that failure is not a bad thing. Hope this has been helpful. Many of you uh, graduated recently. You are either in your first jobs or you are searching for your first job. Hopefully these two pieces of advice will help you along the way. I just want to remind you that if you haven't already, you should click subscribe wherever you are listening to this because I'm releasing new episodes roughly seven days a week and I want to make sure you never miss one. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Greg Clunas and remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day, every day. Every day.